Welcome back to Minding Our Businesses, where CEO and COO sisters share unfiltered conversation about running three companies together and and the the real life between it all. Today, we're talking about building an epic team. Mm-hmm. That's something. Mm-hmm. That's a yummy thing. That's what Lily does. That's a yummy. Lily does do that. Every time you give her something sweet, she goes, more? She's obsessed with more? Al right now. She like What? She wakes up and she's like, Hal? <laughs> Hal? She calls him Hal. Hal <laughs> Al is our step-grandfather. And it's just funny that she's like attached herself to him. Mo. 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 When she has anything to eat, mo. I like to give her whipped cream out of the can. She—that's her number one mo. Literally, the second you give that, she goes to the fridge and she's like, "Ice cream." <laughs> like she's like trying to say ice cream. I swear to God, we gave her edamame, and she was like, "Mummy, no, definitely, mummy." How? So, <laughs> building an epic team. So starts with Lily, always. <laughs> Um, this is, you know, a really, a girthy topic. Yeah, it's a fun topic. It's honestly, I actually really love this topic. I do too, because I think I love our team so, so much, so much to the point where I we hang at, out with them. We hang out with them. And I, I mean, you know, no, no, no. Like I'm saying we go on a version, vacation with them. Yeah. Like we choose to yeah. do social things with them because we enjoy their company. Yeah. I mean, selective social things. Yeah. We love they you. Know. We love you, but I don't like to leave my house yeah, on no, the weekends. I, boundaries another topic for another day um but yeah building an epic team is I would say what a majority of our time has been spent on over the years yeah and definitely from the start it wasn't something I immediately knew how to do no it was we had a lot of mess ups yeah I think we covered a lot of ground in that like in the hiring and firing episode and it's um a building an epic team is definitely something I think we like arrived to Probably more recently. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's always... Maybe last two years. The last two years, for sure. Yeah. I think... uh, It's not to say that we did... You know, I I just think that you have to run through your own personal mistakes of hiring and firing to understand who you want on that team. And Mm -hmm. and when we say, like, epic team, my definition of that is people I like to be around, people who fit our core values, people who are the... Like-minded. Like-minded, living inside their unique ability... I don't really like being called somebody's boss. Me neither. I hate it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't personally, spiritually, or physically, or emotionally feel like I am the boss of anyone. I feel like everybody here is like here on agreement. Yeah. Like when when I hear people be like, well, my boss said this and I'm like listening. I'm like, who? Yeah. No, it definitely confuses me. Because like, I feel like if you don't want to do something, I'm not going to have you do it. Yeah. If I need something done and you're not operating inside of your role, that, but I really genuinely feel like everyone at this company now is like the right people in the right seat. Well, I think building an extra te- an extraordinary team and keeping an extraordinary team is mutual respect. A hundred percent. Because it has to be a boundary on, on their end and our end. And we can be silly and funny and, and personable because that's who we are from the core. Yeah, we're adorable. Absolutely. Like I am really cute. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but mutual respect from both angles yeah. because it's, that doesn't mean we have an epic, like we have an epic team and it's a carnival every day and we can do whatever we want. No, no, we no, have no. rules, 100%. but there's boundaries on both ends. Yeah. And I think like, I don't want to seem contradicting by saying like, we're not bosses. Do we make rules? Yes, absolutely. I think part of building an epic team is 
also building an epic company. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because like when you have an epic company that has an epic foundation that's organized and, you know, prioritizes what the future looks like and everybody's moving in a clear direction, it also allows for a team to be epic yeah. and attracts epic people because they can feel safe in their work environment, work inside their unique ability. Yeah, and I think I think when you like old school vibes of boss or like business owner is that like kind of rigid person who's like telling you what to do and it's like their way or the highway and you can't really morph their opinion at all. Like for me, it's collaboration with our team that requires, that makes the Epic team because I really listen to what they have to say because I think they know more than me. Like their hairstylist, I'm not right for parlor specifically. And they know more about the bleach that we need to use, the color we need to use than I do. I'm a salon owner who can't do hair. Yeah. Like, I mean, in my head, I feel like I can do it. I openly think that we should redo the But if someone challenge. sends me like a metal detox and they're like, we need to get it. I'm like, sure. Like, let's try it. Logically, I'm like, does it work? Does it make sense? Would a client buy this or use this service? But collaboration, I'm always down to try something if it makes sense. I believe building an epic team has a lot to do with agreements mm. and coming. I like your word of mutual coming to the table and mutually agreeing that this you're the right person for the role and this is what the role is. That's why I bring up organization because you need to know what the role is to have that right person that fits in that seat beautifully. And I think that that is the start of an epic team. Which also starts from being proactive with like epic planning. Yes. Because we can't just hire to hire. Right. And we've talked about that previously. But like if we have the accountability chart seat open and we know specifically what that role is going to entail, it's easier to fill that role with someone who absolutely is going to be great at it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think I've said it three times now, I believe the phrase right people, right seat. I think we got that from a book a long time ago. I'm not sure which it was, but basically it's the concept of right people, right seat. I kind of wrote down definitions here. It's right people are people who share your character values and company's core values. And those are people, and like we'll talk about what core values are and what our core values, how we hire, fire, and analyze performance on those. But those are shared values that we have determined. Right. And that's basically, you know, how we judge the people we hire. Um, and right. that was something at first that was tough because it was like, well, they do this, but like they don't do that. But like then eventually we got hardcore with it. Yeah. And we were like, no, it's like kind of all or nothing here. Yes. You can't kind of be positive. Definitely at the beginning, I can say that we made exceptions for, for hires. Sure. And I think when you make an exception, dangerous. when you make an exception while hiring or you say maybe they'll change or maybe this will happen, you're already set up for failure. You have to find somebody who already fits those values I agree. when you're hiring. The right people in the right seat, or the right seat is somebody who's operating within their best skill set that makes them happy. See, that is part of, I also think of building an epic team is that the person's happy in their job. If somebody's not happy in their job, you can feel it. Like literally from two miles away. Right. You can feel their aura in in their face, but Mm -hmm. it's also like, it's hard to get up every day and not love what you do. And if you, and if you don't, you're going to kind of breed that into other people. I can smell it. And this is people's happy place. That's an, that's another like I would say factor of building an epic team is everyone wants to come here, wants to be here. If you have that one sore thumb, you kind of have to deal with it head on because it's going to affect others. Absolutely. I I would say one of the key words you just said is that everyone on our epic team is happy. 
That's not to say there aren't things that could be changed or feedback, Issues, yeah. feedback to be received. It doesn't mean that we're not in a growth mindset, but it does mean that people come to work and they're happy with their job and they feel satisfied. And if they're not, we're open to working with them to make, if we can, to make them happy. And if it doesn't work out, then mutual respect, then we go our separate ways. Yeah. My ears are always open. I, I always want to know how we could be doing something better because- my perspective is not always the same perspective as somebody else working inside that role. Yeah. Um, and to be honest with you, the people I enjoy working with the most are the people who bring something to the table, like an opinion or something they noticed or an issue that they think that needs to be solved because they're essentially helping the company grow. Yeah. I, I, I love that too. And, and I love people who also like see it from different perspectives where it's like if they bring something to the table and we're having a mutual discussion or conversation... On the topic of organization and happy people that work at a company, it comes from organization from the top, right? It comes from the leaders knowing what jobs they need to fill and what that job entails. What are the top five tasks? You can call this something different at, at any company, really. It, the bottom line is it's called an organizational chart. And that organizational chart is a bunch of boxes that show who reports to who, what the role is, what's the title. And there's some rules to filling out this organizational chart that help you build an epic team of the right people in the right seats. That was also difficult because there's also roles that come up within the, as you're growing that you need to add to. Yep. And that we've never hired before. Yeah. For. So it's like, you, you gotta, I, I think also too, with creating an epic team is, I, hiring properly. Absolutely. Be I agree with you. I believe that building an, an epic team really does start with hiring and, and oftentimes firing. I think most companies look at resumes and they're like, oh, stats, this part, like, you know how, like you'll hear from young people where they're like, well, they want experience. Like, how am I going to get experience yep. if I can't actually get the entry level job? Right. And I totally resonate with that. Cause if I wasn't working here, that would have happened to me. Mm -hmm. And for me, I try to look at the resume, but that's not like my first instinct. I, mm -hmm. I, I like to see the email, if they spelt my name correctly, how they, uh, um, if they were on time, those type of things. I think you may be talking about emotional hiring. Yeah, no, I, I am. Because I have to physically be with the person to understand if I feel like they're a good fit. So I'm not just going to buy stats, which I think probably most people do in corporate situations because they have to. Yeah. Where did you work previously? How long did you work there? Do you have experience? Blah, blah, blah. But we're a little bit smaller, so I have the, the ability to be able to be like, okay, let me meet you. Let me see how we vibe. Right. Let me see if you answer my, my questions that I have, and let me see how you go with the flow because that's what I'm looking for. I also think things to look for in an interview are body language. Definitely. Um, one thing I really don't like, and I know I've mentioned this before, is when people call you her. <gasps> we hate that. I really don't like when hate. someone doesn't remember a name. Um, there's little things that you can tell when you are hiring that that are telltale signs of that person's character. Especially if you're in a customer service role, which most of ours downstairs are, regardless yeah. of anything. Like the way you speak to somebody and the way you speak to me is how you're going to be in your job. I'm so also it's not, translating. I agree. And I'm also not turned off, by the way, personally by nerves. I've seen a lot of Same. nervous interviewers and I actually find that to be endearing. Yeah. I, I know that that individual cares um, I definitely think I'm reading energy more than anything when I am in those interviews and asking them questions like, what do your weekends look like? And like, how do you spend your free time? And 
you know, subliminal questions that make me know if they fit our core values or not. Yeah. It definitely starts from the jump. And I have found, and I know you can agree to this, is that we made our core values probably like halfway through the inception of this entire company. Yeah. And there was a huge turning point where we realized a large chunk of the team didn't fit those values. They did not. They didn't want to fit them. We didn't want them to fit them. It did, just didn't fit. Well, we made them from people who we did feel like did yes. maintain our core values. Yeah. So when we originally did that and then we were like, okay, some people don't fit them. They stuck out like a sore thumb. Yeah. And then we started hiring based on the core values. Exactly. And it, and it kind of exploded. Exactly. And so going back to the organizational chart, right? It's like this this setup of what your company looks like. To your point that you made earlier, the organizational chart is constantly changing. It's not one chart that stays forever. But the chart has some rules that I think attribute to making sure that you always have an epic team that's happy. And some of those rules are two people cannot share one role. Mm -hmm. Two people can't share one seat. And the reason that that's a role, uh, the reason that that's a rule is because if two people are sharing one seat, it will always be he said, she said, they were responsible for that, I was responsible for that, and then there will be no accountability. Yeah, you can have multiple people that do the same thing. There can be multiple yeah, people like doing the same job. Front yes. desk receptionist, we have four. Yes. Like we have to. You took my shoe off. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want your shoe. I actually can't feel because my heels are so high. Uh -huh. uh, yeah, no, you can have more than one person doing the same job, but two people cannot share, share the role. One job. Right. Um, that can definitely attribute to unhappiness and not having an epic team. I also would say I, in the past, I used to not really know what job I was hiring for, but was interviewing a person, not interviewing for a role. And interviewing a person makes it way too emotional. And you're like, where could this person fit? That's asked backwards and does not work in hiring and will lead to a fire or a quit. Yeah. And you also can't be fluffy with what job you're hiring for. Like Absolutely. It, like it can't be like a salon, uh, like you're hiring a front desk receptionist, salon coordinator. We used to do that. A hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. That was a mistake we made. You have to call the role what it is. And that was a really, really, really sick business trick that we learned a long time ago. Yeah. Like we used to think it was nice to like fluff up a role and be like, like, okay, let's use an example. Like you're hiring someone to like clean or something. We'd be like salon experience supervisor, master. like yeah. some name, right? And like, then that person comes in and they're like, I'm here for this master salon experience individual role. <laughs> and you know, when and we're like, can you clean the bathrooms? Right. And then the skills and the things that you're hiring for, it doesn't match up. So, so at some point, there's going to be a discrepancy in that relationship where they thought they were something else. You thought they were something else and, and you're not in a good agreement. Yeah. And that's where an Epic team does not come into I play. Agree. So I think in light of this positivity in this conversation, we have built an Epic team mm -hmm. and our organizational charts are pristine and something we look at every 90 days. And it always brings things back into our brain to match to like, are we actually doing this? Is this role correct? Yeah. Are we... Is this role necessary? Is this role necessary? And but that, think, that's like a big money saving thing too. Like from well, a I was business just going to say, some, you can't get shiny with the hiring. No. Um, Cause it's like all encompassing web with like, do you actually need that role? Is that role going to provide anything for you? Or can one person do both roles and could they do it better? 
And would that make that person happier? And would everybody be happier with that change? Right. Those are, but that's where business, you know, that's where leadership comes into play to make those big decisions and to decide, is that the right move and to talk through it and to have clarity? Well, here's when then that meets the mutual respect of the employee where it's like, we're a small business. It's things change. Yeah. And we grow or something needs to drop off or something doesn't work. It worked now and it doesn't work. What's that phrase that we used to say? It's not that my opinion changed. The information I was presented changed. Changed, yeah. I love that quote. But you need to have resilient people on your team who understand that, who trust us, who know, who go above and beyond to know that there is a bigger picture yeah. and that if whatever we're doing right now might not be what we're doing tomorrow, the next day, the next day. Um, and that's what I'm looking for when I'm hiring people is people who understand that because- mm-hmm. Adaptable people. Yeah. And I, I really love loyalty and trust when you're hiring because it's like, you trust me to lead you the right way. Yep. If you don't have someone on your team that's like that, you're going to have collision. I think too, going outside of like core values and we can kind of say what our core values are, though it's not like private information. Happy to say it. Um, I really value people who can handle feedback, but who can also dish it. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't really like like anonymous feedback like bins, the suggestion a box suggestion of the world. Box. I think it's lame. It's a no for me on suggestion boxes. The reason I don't like employee suggestion boxes is because it makes you anonymous and it makes you not accountable for your suggestion. I want to hear the voice of every single one of my coworkers and my employees. Why do people feel like that though? That's the, the you I need to shyness. You need to band together for like for your idea to be good. That whole mentality needs to die. I think that's a lack of confidence. I've seen that here at this company. I've yeah. seen some people on this team and they have, you know, what is it? Strength in numbers. Yeah. It's not about that. I, I value, if you're on this team, I value every single person's opinion. I don't need you to have an, anonymity. Is that a word? Animosity? No, an, animosity is being mean. Anonymity. I don't know. I don't need you to be anonymous. Yeah. I need you to say what you feel. And I need you to let me say what I feel. I need an open chain dialogue. of honesty yeah. and dialogue for this relationship to work. Yeah, that's what I was saying. I think I was trying to say before, it's like that mutual respect. It's like I say something, you say something, and then we come to a conclusion together. Yeah. And if it's not going to work or it doesn't make sense logically for a business, then you need to understand that. But I also think that to your point of that word mutual, feedback and constructive criticism is not a common characteristic that most people are able to digest and handle. Definitely not. There's just an, I I noticed there's just immediate defensiveness with a lot of people. You and I and our leadership team is so accustomed to feedback and so accustomed to solving issues. I think we might be more desensitized to that where like we think it's normal. A lot of people don't think feedback or wanting feedback is normal. Yeah, no. I, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't think that that would be something people are like, yes, please shit on me and then like make me better and I'm going to be happy. Like, yeah. like, and I, and I think people, people think constructive criticism, what, are you laughing at me? No, I'm, I, no, I oh. just think that that's an, an accurate statement. Well, it, it, it's tough unless someone brings, brings that up to you. Like constructive criticism is going to give you a growth mindset. Constructive criticism is going to make you better. It's going to make you balayage better. This, this, that, and the other thing, then you're not going to know that innately. Yeah. Well, we're a a part of our, we are a part of our Epic team. Yeah. 
we are part of making our team epic. I was just going to say that to you, but also what I love about us, and I, I keep saying that, but I, I do, is like, if I make a mistake, like, I'm going to be like, I totally fucked that up and I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like, or like, I totally forgot about that and I'm so sorry. I'm like, looking for my team to mirror that. Yeah. Though. I don't like when someone fabricates the truth to be close to their identity or their ego. For yeah. me, it's about be honest be real. There's never a moment I'm going to judge you. I will judge you if you're not honest. I agree. I will judge you if you can't give me feedback. And yeah, I think sometimes it's really hard to say what you feel or when somebody could do something better. Even for us, I think sometimes it's hard to let down that ego and be like, we could have done that better. Sometimes it takes a second or 24 hours to digest. What do we say? Two minutes, two hours, two days to digest. I love that. Me too. I've been using that a lot recently. And I think it's again, a muscle you need to exercise, but I respect the honesty. I respect when someone says to me, I messed up and I like to work with people like that. That to me makes an epic team. I look for you to say, I could have done that better. I look for somebody to say, this happened. I want to be real about it. What's your thoughts? Yeah, no. And that sometimes we have to work together and that needs to be learned. Yeah. It's, it's, I think that is something that is another muscle that needs to be yeah. exercised because you have to feel comfortable enough to be honest right. and go through it as many times to like almost feel out our oats. Like, do we actually mean what we say? Are we actually cool with the honesty or are like we just saying that? I think people have to feel that. Yeah. And that's not something I would say, like even my friends are like, know that I'm going to give them the honest truth. Like that was just how I was as a person. Like that's a personal personality trait I have. I have no filter. Yeah. I'm an honest person. But you, but you could say that it's hard sometimes to digest feedback too. We oh, could, no, no. I'm saying like giving feedback. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm just, I agree. Like for me, it's like when I'm, when I'm on a roll and someone's being like, my boyfriend did this or my boyfriend did that. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's your fault. Or like, then he's not a good guy. Or like, I can just say that out Mm -hmm. loud. I don't think people have that innate ability to either digest or give that feedback or we're taught that. Do you feel like, like, how do you feel about receiving feedback? Like what's your take? I think it depends on what it is. If it's, I, I try in my work life to do so, but also sometimes I feel like I, I do know some things. I am educated and I do put the work in. (laughs) I do put the work in to be correct or have backup. Um, but I think when it's like personal, sometimes I take it too personally where I'm like, no. Um, but I always catch myself. Like I always think about it in my head. I'm like, you shouldn't have said that, or you shouldn't have done that, or you need to be better at receiving that. Well, what's interesting at this point in our career, in terms of being on an Epic team, I mean, you and I are an Epic team. You know, there's lots of, we have lots of different dynamics of teams at this company. We have like, I think close to 40 employees across all three brands. And I think, What's interesting about being at our point in our career is that there's not a lot of people that give us feedback. And so sometimes I think people don't feel comfortable doing that. And we have to kind of ask them, like, is there something we could be doing better? And we almost have to fish for it. And I want that information. But at this point in our career, you almost have to ask for it. I think sometimes people get intimidated to say it. Yeah. And we have to, I I think building an Epic team, we have touch bases every quarter. So that's something that you should be doing with your team members or your teammates. Every 90 days. Hey, how are you? What's going on? Like, and, and sometimes it's venting and sometimes it's just chatting and sometimes it's um, personal things that they just want to tell me. Yeah, that's a very, very valid point because I think something you and I learned very early on in our career is if you don't have touch bases already planned for 
for conversations, like yeah. knowing they'll need to happen, then what happens is they seem impromptu yeah. and targeted and kind of mean. And then you get resentment between manager, quote unquote, boss and employee. Yeah. I think also caring personally, like I care about everybody on this team. Yeah. And like I, if it's a boyfriend or girlfriend thing, if it's a significant other or moment or like something with their personal life, like I'm listening because I'm here for them and yeah. I'm, I'm here to listen to them. And you're a resource. Absolutely. And like, I, I, that's my role here. Like if someone just needs to vent, like I'm going to be there and I'm going to be an honest person ears to listen to. Yeah. I'm never just going to be like, well, you, that's fine. It's going to be okay. Like, that's just not me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to be the person that's like, well, could you be doing this a little bit better? Or could you change this? Or could you speak up? That's such a rare, th- I think that's another thing that's really beautiful about this team and this co- company is that we have each other for that. Like there's not a lot of people who care personally, genuinely. You know, you can care personally, but have personal motives. You can also care personally and actually care. Right. And I share things back. It's a mutual thing. Like I tell funny things that happen to me or serious things that happen to me or a frustration I have. I'm a normal person as a quote unquote boss. It's a friendship actually to me. Like agreement equals friendship. I'm I have, you know, I I am not one to be like super social or out drinking or doing anything other than being focused on my peace and happiness. But I will say that like I, we talked about this as we were opening, I enjoy socially being around the people I work with because as a person, they fit my core values as a human. Right. I agree with that. On the topic of core values, why don't we lay out what our core values are? Okay, you go first. (laughs) They're always so hard to list. So for Parlor, our core values are as such. Do what you say. Add positive energy. Create exceptional experiences. Love your craft. (laughs) Team over ego. Team over ego. One, two, three. Is that all five? Four. um, Love your craft. Love your craft. Team over ego. Add positive energy. Create exceptional experiences. Create exceptional experiences. And do what you say. Those are our core values. Now, You can analyze those, slow those down, re-listen to them, whatever. What those mean to us. When we're in an interview, we form questions around all of those values, right? Mm -hmm. If somebody answers one question incorrectly that would hint that one core value is not something they align with, they do not get a job at this company. Number one. Number two, if you are working at this company and you're in your performance review, the things that we will be analyzing are, are you following those core values and which core value could be you be focusing on and doing better with? It's not that you're always doing it perfectly, but it's that you're able to analyze which one maybe needs a little bit of work if you are accepted Definitely. to the club. And number three, firing on core values. That is, I would say, super hard because it's super easy to keep somebody at a company because you like them. Mm-hmm but they may not fit your core values, even if you like them. It's, it's a hard, it's a rock and a hard place. It is super hard. It is so hard when you like, I've, there's been a lot of people I've liked personally, but they didn't fit my company's core values. And there's nothing like tolerating. I pulled a quote about that. Tolerating a bad, bad behavior for people who actually exude amazing behavior. Yep. The quote is, Nothing will kill a great employee faster than watching how you tolerate a bad one by Perry Belcher. I love that quote. And we need to act on that. That's not, it's need, super hard to act on that. It, no, it's, it, it's really hard. And it's also hard when the whole team likes that person 
or sees that person as maybe they do fit the core values, but we know they don't. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, you're the big bad wolf or the asshole to the Epic team that they need to go. Like there's times where we're helping somebody with their performance in the back end and having a lot of meetings and having come to Jesus talks and all of these different things, right? But the team doesn't see that. So sometimes a fire can seem out of the blue. Well, them being on our team also comes with trust. Like, I think someone has said to me one before, it's like, I might not agree with every move you make, but like, I work for you and I trust you. Like, or, or something of that yeah. sort where it's like, you might not, you might not understand it. You might not get why. That's why I'm in the role that I'm in. Yeah. But you're the right person for, in your seat. For the, right. Not everyone's the right person for my seat. Yeah. For the betterment of the company, I will always be making those decisions. Yeah. And sometimes I think you kind of, not like let up, but like there's some things like when we first started the company, it was like our baby. So we're like holding on to these things and we're strict about some things and we're like, let go, let go. Every year you kind of like let go a little bit. Yeah. Um, Letting go is hard. And, it, and it's super hard. But I, I felt this year and last year, I would, like I said, in the last two years, like, we found, we found like the, the base level line of where we need to be with someone who might be teetering in between a core value. Yeah. And, and that's all about how they take the feedback because you know, in that quarterly, yeah. I'm coming to you and I'm going to be like, you need to work on adding positive energy mm -hmm. and, and people don't want to work in a place with people who are not exuding what they want to exude. Definitely I wouldn't want to come to work not. with someone who's negative Nancy all day or complaining all day or, or who are like telling me their shit all day. Yeah. I don't want to hear it. I have my own shit. I think our team, I, I agree with you on everything you're saying. There, there's nothing even to say in reply because I agree so much. I genuinely just think like, look at our team for a second and just like think about what we've built. I actually think that they may be our biggest accomplishment is the people we've gathered, the, com Absolutely. the community we've created. They are such good people. I love them. They're so cute. They're like going to each other's baby showers and weddings. We all, support each other. Absolutely. And we're there for each other. We're with each other 24-7. Well, yeah. I've actually read a quote about that. It's like you're with your... Statistic. 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 Okay, this is a fake statistic. I agree. But I did. I do think that there is I some, said that. There you're is, with your work people 90% of your no, life. You're, there's validity to this. I think you're with your work people, your work friends 80% of the time. I mean, duh. You work more hours of the week than you are off. Yeah. I think that like when you're thinking of building an epic team, don't just make exceptions at the hiring stage. You know, it can't be a fast hire. It can't be a magical hire either. I, I don't like or respect people who hire an individual based on their personality and thinking they're a magic wand to their company and then try to put them into a million roles. You need to be specific. What role do they fill for you? Mm -hmm. And also too, I think we learned, someone told us once, like hire someone that knows more than you. I don't yes. know if I always agree with that, to be completely honest with you. Not that I have any ego of like if someone, <laughs> no, if someone knew something more than me, that would be great. But you also don't want to hire someone that isn't open to hearing your way of I work. I think that the person who said hire people that know more than you was coming from a perspective of an older company yeah with older leader leaders right. who maybe didn't have the time you and I had to learn from experiences right. I think the other thing is that you and I pride ourselves in hiring individuals who are willing to be molded and I'm not saying that they're they, like an open book an open book I'm yeah. not saying that they would need us to mold them on the core values 
But I am saying, you know, that they kind of almost come here looking for a home and they do fit our values and they're looking for a role. It's not that they're going to fit any role based on their personality, but it's, you know, it's specific. I agree. Yeah. And I, I think also all encompassing is like, we have to lead by example. The way we act to our team is the way they're, they're going to act to us. Yeah. And I think that's, that's huge in your, in our industry, but huge. Also, it's huge, but in work life, like <laughs> if I'm telling people to educate, like I'm educating. Yeah. Like I want to, I want to do what I say in that way. Well, that is one of our core values. It is. So let's go through the core values of the agency. We actually just changed these when we changed the agency's name. I'm going to pull them up here because they are fresher in my mind. Hold on one second. So the agency's core values are endlessly creative and open-minded, good vibes only, connected personal experiences, know your shit, love, aggressively authentic. Mm. I freaking love those core values. Yeah. Different company, different core values. We are no longer just like one blanketed company with blanketed core values. And I think we made that mistake at the beginning too, where we thought one set of core values could fit all three brands. Yeah. And I think innately in the back of my mind, like no matter how I hire, I, I love Parler's core values. What? No, I, you just like keep making fun of me for saying the word modality, but you have said innately, innate, like 6,000 times. So Whatever. I just, I just wanted to call you out on that. Innately. You're making up words. I am not making up words. Modality is a word. Making up words. She's a made up Lauren, word. Lauren agreed with me yesterday that modality was used correctly. I don't care what Lauren's. <laughs> Fuck Lauren. <laughs> Lauren's dumb. Just kidding. Love Lauren. Um, um, yeah. So I think, I forget what I was saying. I have no idea. Modality. <laughs> we need modalities. <laughs> the team um, is comprised of, you know, three companies, three different teams, and there's lots of different teams within the teams, yep. right? There's leadership teams, there's management teams, there's marketing teams, there's the whole team. Um, and it's really, I think, when you look at the Picasso of the brand, the details, it's how each of those individual teams operate that make a successful company mm. and that build an epic team. Is everybody happy? Is everybody operating inside the core values? Oh, we were talking about the core values of the agency. Not all companies can have the same core values. Definitely not. But like I said, in the back of my mind, I, I'm always like thinking about all three of them. Because I mean, there are attributes for all that I think the people we hire should embody. Definitely. You mean just like, I think also you're saying core values of a person. Yeah. You know? Like well, that's what, that's why we're able to, and we've ingrained this in our employees too. And it's, it's funny. I think we've said this before. It's like, if someone comes in and they don't feel like they're culture fit or they're not following the core values, like they're telling us. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's something that you, that's a really serious point. It's huge because that, that means they care so much about this culture and the way that we handle each other and the way that we are with each other and how we treat our clients that they don't want anything ruining it. And I love that. Me too. It's, it's them viewing it as their happy, happy it's place. Loyal. I love loyalty. I'm I love Aries. loyalty. I think the, the, the phrase you just said, what I say culture. Oh, part of my job is as a visionary coming up with what the company culture feels like, what does it feel like to work at this company? And that is something that has to be thought about and cannot be overlooked at any point in time. That is a big chunk of my job is how somebody feels, you know, inside yeah. of all of these different things that we're talking about right now. Does somebody feel appreciated? Does somebody feel happy? It's not, if you don't feel happy in your role, 
I'm not going to penalize that, penalize you for that. I want you to be happy wherever you are. Right. I have no ego in that way. If this company is not right for you, I set you free and love you. I agree. I send you love. And mutually, it's probably not right for you on our end as well. Because if you don't want to work here, why would we want you to work here? Yeah. Well, I didn't always feel that way. And I and I'll, I can say that that Me was- Me too. That, I, I mean, that's when earlier in our careers though, I would say. Well, I would say when we didn't have the most epic team it could have been. Right. Like when there was people on the team that didn't fit our core values and they would leave or like there would be like a fiery situation where like it ended poorly. And like, I definitely took that personally yeah. early on in my career. And then I tried to- as time went on, blame myself a little bit more. Me, like you probably could have done better when you were hiring, or like you could have. Oh my god, you yeah. could have been less um, desperate. I could see a reason for every single situation that did not end well with somebody who left this company, either by their choice or by mine, where I did something incorrectly or could have done something better to have helped that situation improve. Yeah. I think now the the term get it is like number one in my brain. When I'm hiring or when, when someone's on their team, it's like, do they innately get what I'm trying to do, say, or be? Because if you aren't mutual- I love that phrase. Does somebody get it? And it's like, what is your version of getting it? Like, is it, is it our version of getting it? Like, and so many people have, I would say different versions of it, but that's what makes every company so unique what their version of get it. Yeah. Like yeah. your version of, I mean, our version of get it's the same, but you know no, what I, you know to what I me, mean? Get it's a vibe. Yeah. To me, get vibe it, check, vibe check. Like, do you get it? To me, it's like, you know, there was a situation yesterday where somebody came into the salon and was trashing me and you know, whatever, it's all good. And I, I send them loving awareness. <laughs> I send them, we love. send you gratitude. I send you gratitude and love. It's no problem. I understand everyone has their own perception you can dislike me and come to my salon. That's fine. Whatever. But the individual that they were trash talking me to, I sent them a text and I was like, you know, funny situation that happened yesterday. I appreciate you, you know, taking that on and whatnot. And I laughed with that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? It wasn't, I wasn't laughing at the client, but I was just sort of laughing at the situation saying like, this is how I'll improve or this is how it will get better. But that person got it. Yeah. You know what I mean? They didn't like agree with the person that's shit talking their boss and be like, yeah, fuck her. They were like, they handled it professionally. They got the situation and they Well, the fact it. that they're even telling management means that they care about this company so right. much. Well, I that find they're that like, to be rare. I agree. And that is hard to find. It's like, how do you hire for that? Are you loyal? Are you trustworthy? Like, that's not, that's not something you ask. It's an energy. Yeah. So energy and high vibrations and vibes. Like I have an interview conversation. I'm not like, hi, where have you worked previously? And yeah. where have you, how long did you work there? And why don't you work there anymore? Please take your hands off do, your hips. Do, 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 do. It's more like, tell me about you. Mm -hmm. And I want to hear, about I want to hear about the yeah. person. Me too. I think the next thing is, do they want the job? You can smell from 7,000 miles away when someone doesn't want their job. I've seen it many, many a times when someone doesn't want it. And if you don't want it, I think people feel guilt sometimes yeah. if they don't want it, you know, on a team and they're like, can't say it out loud. Or maybe they don't know they don't want it. Or maybe they think they need to have it. So they're tricking themselves into thinking they want it. But you can tell when someone doesn't like their job or want it. Definitely. And I think it's hard for people to come to that conclusion because you think work, I need to work. I need to make money. I have bills to pay. I'm just going to deal with it. But for me, it's more like, why are you going to work somewhere you're not happy? Yeah, totally. And, and I know it's not that easy. It's not just like find another job, but it is like, how long are you going to wake up every day and not be happy? Well, I think what we're listing is moments that we know someone would 
expire on a team from whichever yeah. angle. And that's when like you're talking about building an epic team, getting to the point where you can truly say I have an epic team. You have to know about these, right. these concepts. Like if you come to me and you're like, I am a hairstylist, but don't want to be one. Like there's not much I can do for you. Well, at that point, that's where you have to mutually let down your identity and your ego. And you have to say, I respect you. Absolutely. I respect if so this job is not for somebody. Yeah. Which has never happened, but no, um, well, no, no. It has happened where someone hasn't wanted the job. Oh yeah. And that, that expired. Yes. I meant hairstylist wise. Yeah. Sorry. Um, well, that's also such a specific career. I know. And the last is, um, do they have the capacity to do the actual job? Totally. Because it's not all fluff and rainbows. It's, I emotionally like you. That's number one. Number two, can you actually do this job? Yeah. I think we learned that at one point, like take parlor as an example too, like with the salon and, and hairstylist. If some, if we were hiring someone and they were like too green, and we were like, maybe they'll learn when they're on the floor or whatever. And they didn't have the skill set, but we didn't have the tools to teach them. Like that mm -hmm. wasn't something we could agree to with them. Then they would not have the capacity to do the job the way we wanted it done in our own definition. And that would eventually not end well. Yeah. And we try to avoid that at all costs. I mean, you can't avoid everything, but like, I don't want to burn bridges with people that come into this company. And, and, and I want people to go on and, or move on and, and be happy. Like that's, that's my goal for people. Yeah. And I don't want to be a part of their unhappiness. So I, I think building an Epic team is again, mutual respect. I think too, there's times in the past, like I can say openly where I thought we had like the most Epic version of our team. And I didn't know there were people on it that like felt a certain way towards me or like the company or had opinions. And I think it, that is something hiring and firing and building an epic team is definitely a growth ladder. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of go through the phases and, and lose people and have self-reflection to understand that concept. Yeah. I also would say that- And that's hard when you're working so hard to yeah. build something for others and they don't see it how you see it. Because it doesn't matter you, when you're, when you choose to be an entrepreneur or someone who's in a leadership or management role, like you're- it, sometimes it can be thankless. Like it, it's, it's not about you. Thankless is a really good word. And I agree with you. I, like there's not a lot of times internally at my company that I get praise from my internal team. I don't need it yeah. and I don't want it, but I do agree with you. It can be thankless. And that's hard for some people in management and leadership roles. And I think if you're super sensitive and can't handle that, then that role might not be for you yep. because you have to be selfless in those moments right and realize- people, right seat and realize people are here not for you. Yeah. They're here for themselves. Absolutely. And I, but that's where I, I come back to, we're part of the team. Right. It's not that I'm your boss. I am on the team with you doing a job with you. I come to work to do my job. You come to work to do, to do your yours. job. We both are fulfilling a role at this company to get to the greater vision right. together. Right. I'm that's what it is really. Yeah. And I think, what's that book we read? Five dysfunctions of a team. Five dysfunctions of a team. I pulled, that, I pulled some quotes from that book. That was a great book. Yeah. That, that, that started to get me going because it, it, it was a corporate. It was a corporate. Very corporate. It was a corporate book, but it, it was like each person on the team was either negatively affecting or positively affecting their success. Oh, yeah. I, I actually pulled what the five dysfunctions were so I can read them. Let's read them. Um, number one is absence of trust. That was something we had to learn. I think I used to think in business that somebody had to earn my trust. I learned later on that you need to give somebody your trust from the beginning. And if they lose your trust, then they lose it forever. Mm -hmm. 
That is a tough business thing to flip. Yeah. Especially with people you don't know. Yeah. You're like, I've, I keep saying that to people, like new people that I've hired yesterday. Like if I front load my trust. I trust you. Yeah. You, I trust you until you give me a reason not to. And I will say when they give me a reason not to, I it pretty is, it would be very difficult to yeah. build back that trust. And I think also the unwillingness to be honest of a mistake or concealing a mistake is something I, I don't love. Like, and I, I don't, I don't come back from that way. Well. And I have to tell you too, like I've had mistakes where I'm like, come on, where like people haven't checked out people at the front desk. And I'm like, Sarah, just, like let them go. I'm like, Sarah, me. fix it. Sarah, fix it. Like I, I it, it angers me, but then I have to be like, it's okay. Patience. It's okay. It's not going to happen again. Yeah. You need to, you need to make mistakes to learn from them. Shut up. Good management, strong management and strong leadership lead to an epic team. Yeah. And to your point, that can be thankless and that you have to be okay with that as a leader, that that can be a thankless job. Mm -hmm. The end. I agree. The second dysfunction of a team is fear of conflict. The avoidance of passionate debate of ideas. Yeah. That is what we talked about earlier in this conversation, that if you're not okay with conflict or constructive criticism or feedback, you're going to be a dysfunction on the That's team. That's a big one for me because like I, I really don't love when people have, I think we've talked about this before, but like it's like they have an issue and they, they try to like get other people in on the issue to, yep. make, to make them feel like that issue is valid. But like other people might not feel that your issue is their issue. Well, so then, then you don't have validity towards you and then I don't get to help you. Those are cancerous people. I hate that. That is bothersome to me. It's, I have seen many times a cancerous person at a company. Yeah. It spreads like wildfire and that's why you cannot keep a cancerous individual. Somebody who's super dramatic or cannot speak on their behalf confidently or needs to pull other people into their conversation to speak their mind, that is a cancerous person. And what's tough about that is I'm privy to some people who don't do that or have been privy to people who don't do that. So I'm like, there are people out there who get it innately. Yeah, and innately, yeah, totally. Innately, innately, innately. I don't even know that I'm saying it. Well, to be honest with you, it is a word within this because to me, that's where you get it. No, 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 it, 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 it's true. It, it, you're born with it. it. It's like you, innately to means like, that's, it's not that something- That is like such an SAT word. It's not something I have to teach you. Which I is, remember looking up the, de the definition of that word actually. But you have to also remember sometimes like, and- this is super important to me. Like my biggest thing is like people who innately have these behaviors. She's just going to say it. It's, so. No, but it sticks more in their brain. If I have to teach you something, it takes a really long time for you to understand it. I think people that need to learn this behavior of this, like being okay with conflict or bringing things up. I've seen it happen a few times in my career where those people can learn if they really right. want it. Just it just takes time. They can learn. It's the lesser end of things that people can learn something like that. Yeah. But more often than not, when there's somebody who's, who's loud or dramatic or does, does not do well with communicating, those people usually don't yeah. end up at the company for long. And I also think, especially if like you're on a team with other people, not only that, like communicate, but also like have some self-provoking thought to think if that's actually like a big deal that you're oh, bringing up. Don't just dump on your manager. Yeah, I don't think that that's like a good team member on my end. Like I don't want to work on a team that's like that. That's why the word agreement matters in right. this conversation because it's not just about them. It's right. also about us. How do we enjoy our job while working with you? Right. 
It's I, I value that. Me too. Do I enjoy working with you? If you're someone that is constantly causing me to go home and have problems at home when I'm supposed to be at home enjoying my life right. and I have to think about your job and what you didn't do and your lack of to-dos and your lack of accountability, you are fucking out. You're out. I agree. I, and, I, and there's been times where Mike has actually checked me on that. And he's been like, Rachel, I just want to point out to you. You've talked about that multiple times. You've talked yeah. about this employee too many times. You've talked about this issue too many times. Are you hindering and or keeping a problem going? That's where we're people. And we're like, we're people. Fuck. Well, we're we actually nicer probably yeah. than people think. Yeah. No, we are. And, and because I feel, I feel bad for people. Did and I say innately? No. What are you laughing well, at? It's actually also funny too, because I'm dubbed as the emotional one. You're dubbed as like the- Bitchy? No, the logical one. But oftentimes oh. I find in, when it comes to the team, mm -hmm. I'm usually the one that's like cut and you're usually the one that's like, give them a chance. I've found that very interesting in our relationship. You usually are the one that checks me on that. Well, cause that's my role though. I'm on the ground. So I'm having more conversations. True. I'm, I'm, I'm hearing things that are happening with their lives. I'm usually like, maybe it's just not working and we need to carry on. I just know more in that manner than you because that's my role. So yeah. then I'll explain to you and then you agree with me. And I think there's been times in our career too. I've learned this lesson a little bit more recently where like you let the problem linger for way too long. Yeah. So the next uh, five, the next dysfunction of a team is lack of commitment, failure to buy into ideas, often despite find agreement initially. Oh, wow. This is all, all part of our words here. Lack of commitment, I think is also, do you want it? Are you committing to the job? But also like lack of work ethic. Like if you're, that's like doing what you say, but also like yeah. loving your craft. Like I, I think people don't always love to work. I, I think that's like a new phenomenon. I like the word commitment because I think commitment is accountable. I think there's another one on here about accountability, but to me, it's like, how much do you dump on me of your shit too? You know what I mean? Like when you're explaining things or when you're telling me something, like I don't always need, I need you to be committed to your job on your own without me praising you for your commitment. Right. You know what I mean? Like, are you just committed or do you like need me to be like, Good job on your commitment. Yeah, just no, like I, your job. I, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. That's just not me. Like I, I will say, good job in the right moments of like the quarterly, like revisiting information or there looking needs at to be data. Positive, absolutely. Affirmation. Like that's, that, and that's there's a time and a place for that. But like, there's also a time and the place. And I know we've said this multiple times, but I truly believe in this that like people need to like self handle their own things. Yeah. Well, to um, me, part of the good job is. <laughs> You're still in your job. <laughs> like the, to me, it's like I haven't fired you yet. So. Yeah, but if you don't agree with the the way the company is run, if you don't agree with what the company is doing, where it's headed, where it's going, you're not going to have a full commitment, and like you should rethink where you work. Yeah, truthfully, I, I would agree with that. And I think I've said this too. I'm repeating, but I, I don't like when people are like not down with the vision. Like, well, that just means I think they're not. They're you're not, not committed. They're not a right fit for yeah, the core value not. of the company. The second, uh, excuse me, the fourth one is avoidance of accountability, hesitancy of team members to call out their colleagues for not delivering. We touched on that here. Yep. There's, you know, a lot of different ways to say these dysfunctions. And the last one is inattention to results. I would say that's probably like data. Team members put individual needs of the team above the collective goals of the team. That feels really corporate. These actually oddly work, re work and reflect yeah. our core values at the company. That one to me is team over ego. Um, that one we came up with a long time ago too. It's like, if you see something on the floor and it's somebody else's job to like pick it up, 
just like pick it up and shut up. It's always me. And don't need praise for picking it up. Dad always made, I told Mike this the other day, like if there was something trash on the floor, like somewhere, dad always said like, just pick it up. I liked that. Me too. And I, I, I think if you care about the betterment, Sarah Whiting breathes this. Yeah. This is like, I have to just give her credit here. It's like, she will literally do anything for the betterment of the team, no matter what. And that, that girl, is so attractive to me. Like She like actually likes it. She yeah. likes when I text her. Like when I hear a hairstylist stayed late to help an assistant bring the trash out. Like I am like, thank you so much. That is when I am like attracted. Like I'm like, that is so eye-opening to me. I'm so grateful and so happy that you did that. I love that you just said that because I think one thing we forget about a lot is that our industry of salon industry yeah. usually is filled with a lot of drama. Yeah. And a lot of crap and a lot of stupid, stupid not shit. Team, not team members that love each other like that. I actually only know that because of interviews yeah. and because of, of other environments that other hairstylists or, you know, estheticians have come from that they have said are negative, you right. know? I think that's why a lot of hairstylists and estheticians have been te- like kind of leaning towards working alone in a room mm-hmm. because they can't find a team, an epic team that makes them feel at home. Right. And it's also like when you go on vacation... And like someone else needs to do your clients, you need to trust the person doing their hair or trust what you've done. And and I think you want to be on a team where it's like you can kind of trust the people that you're with, that you're surrounded by, that you hang out with 24-7. Absolutely. And I, I want to too. I, I, I want to feel like it's a parlor client getting taken care of no matter who they see. Me too. I mean, obviously I want them to see who they want to, but it, it doesn't always work out that way. Well, but that that whole salon industry thing and like this team that we have and you saying like a master hairstylist is helping the assistant take out a trash the trash one day you know i've heard from some of my master hairstylists like i think andrea told me that she used to like scrub baseboards with toothbrushes and like at the beginning of her career like we treat hair assistants like gold, gold. you you are so important to me you know like i think lauren can attest to like when you were my personal assistant i treated you like you were a ceo there was an, I, there would never, yeah, some of the tasks might not have accounted to that behavior, but I always. <laughs> Initial fun. Yeah, like a, doing certain. Glamorous, but you always, they weren't glamorous, but you treat each other nice, you know? Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I think that there's no ego in that. And I also think one thing I hear like in other, in interviews of, of hairstylists coming from other environments is shit talking or, or or exclusivity. And I think that's something we really focus on here is make, of course, you know, some people are closer than others, but we really focus on like the collective team. You know, we buy a mansion or not a mansion, like a really big, (laughs) we buy a, we We buy a mansion. Once a year, we take our entire team, three companies across the board to a really big, beautiful home. And we have fun together. Oh, and I'm so excited for that. And we love it. And it's, I don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. We don't have to spend time on that money on that. It's super expensive. Take everybody out to dinner, multiple meals. And I want to do that. Well, I think concluding on this whole thing, something that we need to talk about too, is like, don't forget the fun things. Yeah. Like you can get all all the fundamentals. You hit them on the head, the organizational chart, all of those things, your, your, your culture, your core values are good. Give back to the employees. That is so important. We strive every day when an employee at this company gives us feedback. My goal is to listen and to spit back a solution that makes their life better. I actually meditate often 
on ways that I can make this company better for the people that work here. My ultimate goal is to make an environment that they never want to leave because it's the best environment they could ever work in. Yeah, with that's what, my job. With what we can, we're always trying to always overextend. I mean, how not could everything. we help with time off? How could we add a perk or a benefit or something here or something there or a dinner or something fun or an outing? Or we're always thinking about that, and we're always adding if we can. Like, oh, yes. like that is my always in my, the vision of myself is like, I always want to give back to them no matter how much we can. We can't always do everything and I can't always make everything work, but it's very important to me that their happiness is good. To wrap up, I, I would say that a majority of our time is spent talking about if somebody gives us feedback, how we can make their lives better. My goal and your goal is to make everybody happy. Yeah. And I think that really is what it comes down to is make to build an epic team, everybody needs to feel happy. And we, we outlined those things, but it needs to be fun. It needs to be a fun work environment. It needs to be a place that you're creating where people feel good waking up every day and driving to work and doing a commute and feel like they're bettering their lives every single day. A hundred percent. I agree. And I will just say, I hope, 100%. I hope that our team listens to this. I hope our, our hair team listens to this and our, our estheticians and everyone on the administrative teams. I, I love them so much, so much, but more than anything, in case I don't say it enough, I care, you know, like I really do care. I care about what you feel working at this company. And I really believe they're all that matters. I agree. And they're the, there's the shit, honestly, our team, I like, like them more than my friends. Like I wish they could come on my bachelorette party. <laughs> our team is the shit. We are blessed. Kidding. We love you. We love you so much. Thanks for listening. Peace out. Peace out.